Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. This weekend, I want to share a message with you called Your Friend, the Holy Spirit. Why don't you say that title with me? Your Friend, the Holy Spirit. Uh, last time I was here, we read some of Jesus' final words from the Gospel of John. John 15, 16, and 17, uh, some of Jesus' um, kind of last-minute instructions to his disciples. He's already let them know that he's going to be leaving, they'll be staying, and he's giving them some insights as to what they need to focus on while he's away. And uh, we looked at uh, the importance of being connected to Jesus, like a vine and a branch. If the branch is disconnected, it's not too long before it's going to die and be fruitless, but if a branch will be connected to the vine, uh, the fruit will naturally flow. And so we looked at some different ways that we connect with God. We're all wired a little bit differently, and so I hope you found that message helpful. Today we're going to continue, and we're going to read a few more of Jesus' instructions in John 15, and I'm going to have us turn to verse 15 to 17. So John 15, verses 15 to 17, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Uh, If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Some translations say comforter. To help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. And so Jesus tells his followers that he's going to be sending someone just like Jesus. Jesus has been with them physically. He said, I'm, I'm going away, but I'm sending someone just like me. And the name of this person is the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, we know the disciples have been traveling with Jesus in this kind of traveling Bible college for about three, three and a half years. And it had been an amazing experience. I mean, they saw some incredible healings and miracles right in front of their eyes. They got lots of great teaching. How many are glad they took some notes? That's why we got the Gospels. Uh, they got a lot of field experience and heaps of personal input from Jesus with some occasional rebukes from Jesus when they didn't quite get it right. Uh, yet Jesus realized they needed more than just kind of hanging around Jesus for those three years. So you can be around stuff that's happening, but not necessarily change that much. They'd been in a great environment, uh, an incredible environment, but now Jesus was leaving and he realized they couldn't fulfill their life calling and mission without ongoing help. So Jesus decides to send someone just like himself. Uh, But instead of being with them, as Jesus has been, for these three years, very close in proximity with them. Instead of being with them, this person is going to live on the inside of each one of them, filling them, empowering them to live their life in a productive and fruitful way. And the name of that person is the Holy Spirit. You know, it's interesting that uh, without the Holy Spirit, Peter denied he even knew Jesus. You know, I mean, this is big, bold Peter. It's a teenage girl saying, hey, weren't you with Jesus? No, no, I never heard of the guy. You know, Peter didn't even have the confidence to say, I know Jesus. But with the Holy Spirit, he got up and preached to thousands of people. Uh, You see the difference of uh, being around Jesus versus having the Holy Spirit live on the inside of you and transforming your life. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, your friend, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, It's not... The Holy Spirit is not a power or an influence or, or an impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is a 
person. And one of the unique things about uh, the Christian faith is we believe in one God revealed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Not three gods, but one God uh, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, Equal as persons, but each unique in their role. And I've discovered in my journey of faith that it's important that we come to know, when we say our our journey is one of knowing God, practically it means learning to know each person of the Trinity in an intimate way so that the fullness of God can touch our lives. And usually our journey begins with hearing about Jesus. And we hear that Jesus came and he loves us and he died on a cross for our forgiveness. And so you hear that story. And for many people, wow, that's amazing. We sang about it tonight. And so you say, Jesus, be my savior. I need forgiveness and and be the leader of my life. And so we start the Christian journey uh, with a focus on Jesus. And, And that's a wonderful thing. And you never want to move away from that. But how many know Jesus said, I am the way? I am the way. That's like a street. That's like a pathway. I am the way. Uh, The way way where? I am the way to the Father. Jesus came not just to draw people to himself. Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. And again, we're saying that tonight. It's the trouble having the same Holy Spirit, isn't it? You kind of get the same message in multiple ways. And so we don't just get to know Jesus. We realize that we, we, we are children of God, sons and daughters of God, and God is our Father. Now, again, it's one thing to know that in your head. It's another thing to know that deep in your heart. I've shared the story before, and so if you've heard it, apologies. I've only lived one life, so I have limited material. Uh, I'd heard for many years that that God was my father, but it was really when I became a dad that that it kind of went from my head to my heart. And I still remember holding our oldest son, Josiah, in my hand, a little redhead boy, like his dad used to be. And uh, I remember holding him and thinking how much I loved him. And it was just an amazing experience to become a dad, to bring a human being into the world who's never existed before. And I was just overwhelmed with my love for my little boy, thinking, you know, take my house, take my car, take my job, but don't take my little boy. And as I logically started to unpack that, I thought, why do I love him so much? He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't kicked a goal. He hasn't um, scored an A on a test. He hasn't made any money. In fact, it costs us a lot of money just to get him right here. (laughs) He hasn't done anything, and yet I love him more than anything. And for the first time, my thoughts about what God the Father feels about me went from my head to my heart to realize that's how God feels about me, and that's how he feels about you tonight. His love for you is not based on how well you're doing. (laughs) How many goals did you kick? How much money have you made? How well are you performing? It's got nothing to do with your performance. It's to do with the fact that you're his son, you're his daughter. And so the Christian life, it's about falling in love with Jesus, our Savior. It's also realizing no matter what your human uh, earthly father was like, and we're all imperfect, God is the perfect heavenly father who loves you simply because you're his child. You know, if you can get that at the foundation of your life, it changes everything. (laughs) You don't do stuff in order to earn love. You realize you already are loved. (laughs) And you do it as a response to God's love for you. So we we learn to know Jesus. And then we hopefully in time get this 
foundation of God's love as Father in our heart. But that's not the end of the story. We also need to get to know this person of the Holy Spirit. This person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus called the Holy Spirit in our text here. I will give you another advocate. The reason that uh, word is a little bit different in our English translation is the Greek word is the word parakletos. And it's a Greek word that's so rich and so complex that no one English word can kind of fully capture this title, this description of the Holy Spirit. Parakletos, it literally means one who is called in to stand alongside in order to help or assist us. The one that you call in to help you. And so in English, sometimes it's the advocate. And if you're in the judicial system here, you'd understand an advocate is someone who pleads on behalf of someone else, like in a trial. It's a friend of the accused who seeks to get the favor of the judge when others want to condemn. And so the Holy Spirit is your advocate, the one that's pleading on your behalf. Uh, the, the other word is the word comforter, the, the one who's called in to comfort and console, particularly when you feel like you just can't make it, helping you stand on your feet and face whatever life is throwing at you. Some translations use the word helper. The Holy Spirit's the one you call in when you're in a situation, you just don't know what to do, you're freaked out, you just don't know how to respond. The Holy Spirit's the one you call in, and He's there to help you and to assist you. Uh, he's also the encourager. Uh, another use of this word in the Greek is one who puts courage in the faint-hearted, one who strengthens the feeble, like a commander exhorting the troops who aren't that excited about going into battle. Another translation uses the word friend. And so tonight we're picking up this idea of the Holy Spirit being your friend. But the Holy Spirit is all of those things. Your advocate, your comforter, your helper, your encourager, your friend. And so we can't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. We are born again through the Spirit, but that's just the beginning. We now have a new life to live in the Spirit, where to be filled with the Spirit, where to be led by the Spirit, where to uh, display the fruit of the Spirit, where to be empowered by the Spirit. And so it's an entire journey of doing life together, which is the theme for Bayside this year, but not only together as a community, but together with us and God. And our journey is learning to do life together with your friend, your friend, the Holy Spirit. And so you may have heard about Jesus. You may have heard about the Father. Tonight we want to focus and hopefully introduce to you this wonderful person, uh, your friend, the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Apostle Paul later on kind of unpacks a little bit more this, uh, this friend, the Holy Spirit, and what he's come to help us with. We're going to look at 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 to 7. This is a letter Paul wrote to a, a young leader named Timothy who struggled with confidence, was a, a bit of a timid young man, and uh, needed a lot of encouragement. And so Paul writes to him and says this, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid or afraid, some translation says, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Spirit God gives us, the Holy Spirit, your friend, 
uh, is not there to bring fear or timidity or intimidation into your life, but the Holy Spirit comes to give you uh, power and love and self-control. I want us to just slow down a little bit because, you know, Bible verses, you can read them real quickly and you move on to the next verse, but uh, there's a gold mine right here. If we just slow down and unpack what Paul is saying about the Holy Spirit. And so I want to draw four insights from this description of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Number one, the Holy Spirit comes to break the power of fear in your life and mine. Notice it says there, the Holy Spirit uh, did not come to make you timid or afraid. Uh, Timothy was struggling with intimidation. Uh, he was uh, you know, around a lot of older and mature leaders, and he was feeling a bit overwhelmed. And so Paul's saying, hey, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, your friend, has come to break the power of fear in your life. You know, every one of us have our own fears. They're all different, but we all face fear. Uh, someone told me there's 365 fear nots in the Bible. I haven't taken the time to count them, but that's a lot of don't be afraid, one for every day of the year. Uh, fear not is one of the common, when God shows up, don't be afraid. Don't let fear paralyze you. And so fear will limit you. It will hinder you. It will hold you back from the destiny God has for your life. That's why often when God shows up, he says, don't be afraid. Fear, timidity, insecurity, all these things, the Holy Spirit wants to break in our life. Um, I've shared with you before how when I was young, I was fairly insecure. I was quite shy. I couldn't imagine getting up on a stage and talking to hundreds of people. And I needed the help of the Holy Spirit to accept myself and to develop confidence and to break the spirit of fear and intimidation about what people think about me and to move into what God has for me. I don't know what your fear is, but usually where you are now and where God wants you to go, there's, there's, there's some giants of fear in the way that are throwing doubts into your mind and questions into your mind. And unless we break through the fear, we'll never move into all that God has for us. And so the Holy Spirit, your friend, comes to help you push through that fear. It doesn't necessarily take the fear away. How many of you sometimes you've got to feel the fear and do it anyway? <laughs> Uh, courage is not the absence of fear, but the conquering of fear. Um, I remember once uh, when I was a younger Christian having a morning just prayer time, and I don't have a lot of visions, but I remember just kind of having this picture in my mind of being on this large piece of land, and there were like four dark figures uh, at each of the borders of this block of land, kind of north, south, east, and west, and um, it was just an interesting feeling to be on this land or this block and to have these figures that were obviously wanting to contain me. And as I prayed, I felt the Lord tell me what those figures were. One of them was fear. And fear wants to keep you contained and staying where you are now. And for you to grow and to do all the things God's called you to do, you've got to push back fear. I'll tell you this, you never eliminate fear. Fear is always there, but you can actually push fear back and claim some territory, move those boundaries. I think fear, you know, if it's paralyzing you, it's negative, but fear kind of keeps you dependent on God too. You know, a certain amount of nervousness is good. If you don't get nervous, you get a little proud, a little arrogant. I still get nervous. 
You know, uh, anyone heard of uh, nervousness being like butterflies in your stomach? Have you heard that metaphor? You know, um, the goal is not to eliminate the butterflies, but to get them to fly in formation. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we all get a little bit nervous, but it's when it paralyzes us. And so, your holy, your friend, the Holy Spirit, wants to help you. Whatever your fear is, whatever's intimidating you, or drawing a line and saying you can't do that, or you'll never do that. Uh, Paul says, hey, your friend, the Holy Spirit, wants to help you uh, develop a confidence and assurance. Uh, believe that you can be what God says you can be. You can do what God says you can do. Everyone said amen. 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 You'll have another opportunity. I think you got a better amen. We'll wait a little later for the next one. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes to break the power of fear. In your life. We can't do that on ourselves, on our own. We, we, we need some help. So, secondly, the Holy Spirit comes to give us power. Now Paul says to Timothy, Holy Spirit doesn't make us timid, but gives us power. Again, the Greek word is the word dunamis. Anyone heard that word before? It's from the word from which we get the English word dynamite. <laughs> uh, the Holy Spirit has incredible power and wants to give you that power. The supernatural ability and strength to do God's will. And so your friend, the Holy Spirit, wants to equip you for the, the calling and the works and the contribution God has for you. Um, you know, we all have talents and abilities, but they can only do so much. Uh, the touch of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power or anointing can take them to a completely new level. Uh, this word power also includes grace and strength. You know, there are times in our life, and maybe right now you're in a time of adversity where the pressure on the outside is coming in on, on, on top of you. You know, this power is a strength on the inside that equals or exceeds the pressure on the outside. And so maybe you're facing some adversity, some pressure, some difficult times right now. Paul's saying, hey, hey, the Holy Spirit, your friend, has all the power, all the strength, all the grace you need to handle that adversity, to push through, to come through the other side. This power includes gifts. It includes passion and fervency and enthusiasm when we're feeling maybe a little bit tired, that fire on the inside. And so your friend, the Holy Spirit, comes to break fear in your life. Holy Spirit comes to give you all the power that you need, all the energy, all the strength that you need to do life. It's in the person of the Holy Spirit. Number three, the third thing from this teaching of Paul is the Holy Spirit comes to give us love. Love. Now, uh, unfortunately, love is one of those English words that's very overused. I mean, in the one sentence, I can say, I love Nicole, I love football, and I love ice cream. How many know they're all different kinds of love? I don't kick Nicole, I don't kiss my football, and I don't, no, I don't lick my football, I don't kiss my ice cream. You'll figure that out later. You get the point. Uh, we use the word love so frequently and in different contexts that it kind of almost blurs its meaning. Um, so when Paul says the Holy Spirit's there to break fear, to give you all the power you need, and to give you love, uh, again, in the Greek language, there are many different words for love. There's the, the Greek word eros. Anyone heard of erotic that's kind of sexual or romantic love. That's, that's one kind of love. That's not the word Paul uses here. There's another Greek word called phileo, not phile, phileo. 
um, from which we get uh, the city of Philadelphia is the city of brotherly or family or friendship love. And so there's another love that's just kind of love we have for people that are part of us, people that we like, people that are family, friends. Uh, there's a, that, that's another kind of love, but that's not the word Paul uses. Then there's this word called agape. Anyone heard the, uh, that Greek word? It's a love of a different kind. It, it's a fairly new word that's uh, almost coined to describe the, the love God has for us. And, and this agape is not just a feeling or an emotion, though it includes emotion. It's a choice to do what's best for the other person, regardless of how I may feel. And so, so God's love for us is not based on our goodness. It's not just a whim or an emotion. He loves you, but not you. Or you know, God's having a bad day. He doesn't love any of us. No, no, God's love is a choice to orientate his actions towards us for our ultimate benefit. And so Paul says that the Holy Spirit, your friend, uh, has all the love that you need to love the people in your world. And let, let's face it, it's easy to love the lovely people, isn't it? You know, when people are nice to you, it's easy to be nice back to them. When people love you, it's easy to return that love. I mean, come on, anyone does that. But what about loving those annoying people? If you're sitting next to one, just look straight ahead. You know, what, what about those people that just kind of tick you off? You know, where, where are you going to get that kind of love? Well, well this, this love that the Holy Spirit gives is for all people, uh, even the difficult people in our life who may annoy us. You know, I, I had to live this out quite profoundly when I was a, a teenager. You know, again, I'm kind of growing up in church, heard about God's love. We've got to love one another and love, love, love people, love your neighbor, love your enemy. You know, I um, was at Blackburn South High School and I'd been living in America for a few years. And as many of you knew, I, I, over there, I, I went and told a person my name was Mark, and he called me Mike for about 10 days. So I had to learn to say Mark. My name's Mark Connor. And so I came back. I had this strong American accent, and uh, I went to third form at the high school there in Blackburn South. So I was kind of your all-American, Richie Cunningham, look-alike, happy days, fonds, you know. And so, um, you know, I'm just, you know, kind of working through my confidence. Anyway, I go to my first PE class, and there's a really elderly gentleman. Um, he was German, and his name was Mr. Drouch. No one liked him, I discovered. Uh, everyone called him Mr. Grouch. Uh, anyway, so I rocked up to his class midterm, and it's, hey, who's the new kid? I go, oh, it's Mark. my name's Mark Connor. He goes, oh, Yankee boy, huh? I said, no, Mark Connor. He goes, okay, Yankee boy. Anyway, from that moment on, he made every effort to make that class incredibly difficult for me. Uh, obviously, elderly man, German, some stuff from the war. He, he, he hated Americans. And he did everything he could to make life difficult for me. And so he, he would tease me, call me Yankee boy all the time. Um, I'd do an assignment and... It's three times better than my friends, but you know, um, I, get a, I, I get a D and my friend gets an A, you know. Um, so he, he, he just he made it really, really hard for me. He would seek to embarrass me in front of the other kids and gave me poor grades. And I, I can be honest, I, 
I hated that man. Like, well, I haven't done anything to you. I'm not even American, you know. <laughs> I was born Blackburn South, you know. Like, there was nothing justified. And I really hated that man. I came home sometimes in tears. And I said to Mom, I, I want to quit that class, you know. I don't want, I want, to, don't want to be in his class, you know. It, it was hard, you know. He's this young teenager trying to develop some confidence and being treated, bullied like this, you know. And so, you know, Mum and Dad encouraged me um, at youth and church and, you know, reading about loving your enemies. And I didn't have any good feelings for him. I wanted to punch him, you know. Um, but somewhere in my processing as a young, young teenager, I made a decision that no matter how he treated me, I was going to treat him with respect. I, I, I didn't feel it, but he'd call me Yankee boy, and I'd go, yes, Mr. Grouch. Never called him Mr. Grouch. I, I continued just to respond to him in a different spirit than he was treating me. I never liked him, <laughs> didn't have positive feelings for him, but I just chose and said, God, help me. <laughs> Holy Spirit, help me. And I just, I just treated him with respect. You know, so um, not much change in the first half of the year. Second half of the year, we started playing basketball. I was good at basketball because I've been living in America. And um, he, he, he was pretty impressed. Um, he couldn't kind of critique my performance on the basketball court. And, you know, we never became best friends by the end of the year. I'm not, I'm not going there. But one day, he actually called me Mark instead of Yankee Boys. Like, Yes! As, as a major achievement. And by the end of the year, I actually got a couple of A's. And so, you know, like I said, we never became best friends. But I, I learned something. With the help of the Holy Spirit, you can treat people in the opposite spirit. And sometimes it actually softens a hard heart. And you, not always, not always. And I'm not suggesting you stay in a bullying, abusive, abusive environment. But I learned that there is a love of another kind. And it's not in me. But your friend, the Holy Spirit, can, can give you a love that's not a feeling, it's a choice. And the strength to respond in that opposite spirit and to do good. How many know if we just kind of keep, how many, I think someone said, an eye for an eye, eventually everyone in the world is blind. You know, if you just keep getting back, who's going to stop the revenge cycle? Who's going to stop the anger cycle? And the Holy Spirit can give you that, that love, that agape love even for those that um, may be mistreating you. So Holy Spirit comes to do that. And then number four, Holy Spirit comes to give us wisdom. Uh, Paul actually says here, the spirit God has given you, Timothy, is a spirit of power, love, and self-control or self-discipline. It has this idea of, of thinking clearly and then shaping your actions and choices by that clear thinking. And so I just want to pop the word wisdom in there because sometimes we don't know what to do and yet the Holy Spirit can help us to think and to choose what is right. The Holy Spirit can give us God's thoughts, God's mind and change our thinking, renew our mind and give us the wisdom we need. You know, you know knowledge is the possession of facts. 
Uh, understanding is the interpretation of facts. Wisdom is the application of facts. And what we need is wisdom. We live in a world with information overload. <laughs> Just ask Dr. Google if you don't know. Knowledge is everywhere. Uh, we have a little less interpretation. People need meaning today more than information. What does it all mean? But wisdom is the principal thing. How do I apply all that I know, all that I understand, and make wise decisions? And the Holy Spirit comes to give us the wisdom and to teach us what we don't know and to guide us and to help us in those moments of choice. So, you have a friend, the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you this amazing person, the Holy Spirit. Paul gives us a little bit more of a job description for the Holy Spirit. But I want to focus the remainder of our time on our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Look at this prayer on the next slide here. This is a benediction in the book of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. You probably heard it before. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Can you see the Trinity here? One God. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus, who's now Lord and the Anointed One, the Messiah, Christ. May the grace of Jesus, may the love of, obviously by implication, God the Father. And, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Uh, again, we're doing a bit of Greek tonight. Um, the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. And it, it referred in that culture to a business partnership or a, a uh, a team, a, a, a network. There's this sense of partnership, connection, relationship, fellowship. And so may you learn to fellowship, partner with the Holy Spirit, just as you know the grace of Jesus. And just as you know the love of the Father, may you learn to fellowship with, do life with, partner with your friend, the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is a person who lives within us, and we are to learn to fellowship with Him on a daily basis. Fellowship involves sharing, association, partnership, and friendship. To live in the presence, company, and help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me illustrate this just for a moment. Um, obviously, when we're talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, I mean, if you can figure that out, let me know. It, it's a mystery, and it kind of baffles the human mind. And obviously, God is everywhere at once. It's called the omnipresence of God. And so we can't kind of put God into, into places or spaces. But just for illustration tonight, uh, where, where's Jesus? Here. In, we've lost Jesus. Where, where's Jesus? Here. Let, 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 me, let me go back one. Where's the Father? In heaven. Our Father who is in? Okay. So we, we found the Father. Wherever heaven is, some people think heaven's up, but maybe heaven's a parallel universe right next to us. Anyway, um, just a thought. The Father's in heaven, so we got the, we got the Father. Where's Jesus? The right hand of the Father. Sometimes we say in our heart or here. Now, again, don't stress out. I know Jesus is everywhere. God's everywhere. But the Father's in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Uh, are we doing okay so far? No, no heresy here. Uh, where's the Holy Spirit? Living within us. So we've got Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, so got that. But think about how we live our life. Liam, could you just help me just for a moment? Give Liam a big hand. 
Good man. Just, just for a couple of minutes, I want you to be the Holy Spirit, right? Just for a couple of minutes, okay? Now, you got a really easy job. I just want you to basically shadow me. So wherever I go, don't leave me or forsake me, all right? So uh, you don't need to talk. You don't need to do anything. Just, just, just kind of follow me around. So we, we practice this all afternoon, actually. So, you know, what I've just said sounds simple, but I think sometimes the way we live our Christian life is... Um, you know, we, we get out on a Monday morning and it's, you know, uh, we, we, we go to work and someone says, you know, what did you do on the weekend? It's like, ah, well, I told them I went to church or, ah, uh, oh, not much. You know, we're a little nervous, a bit of fear there. You know, sometimes we get up in the morning and we, we want to pray, but it's, we don't know what to pray. You know, what do, what do I say? You know, we might open the Bible. Okay, you got a Bible here? You know, we, we open the Bible and should turn it up the right way. Um, and it's, man, Ezekiel, what in the world does that mean? Wheels, wheels, you know. And, uh, you know, um, and we kind of go through life. And I think if, if we're honest as Christians, it's like, God, would you help me? You know, like, like sometimes it's a little difficult do, doing life. We've got decisions, we've got issues and pressures, and, and, and it's, God, would you help me? And I think if, if we actually heard the Father and Jesus, they would say, we did. We did. We sent you the Holy Spirit. He's right here. You know you can have someone living in your home and never talk to them? It'd be rude. But you can have someone living in your home and never, ever talk to them. And sometimes, I think as Christians, we're trying to live the Christian life, wondering why the Father and the Son haven't helped us, and they've sent the Holy Spirit, but we're actually not drawing on the help of the Holy Spirit. See, you know when you get up in the morning, you don't know what to pray? The Holy Spirit knows the will of the Father and can help you know what to pray. You know, when you open up Ezekiel, guess what? He wrote this, not Liam. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wrote this book. And you can go, Holy Spirit, what, 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 what does this mean today? You know, you, you go to work. What would you do in the weekend? You don't know quite what to say. Holy Spirit can give you the words. The Holy Spirit is your helper in every area of the Christian life. But often we're kind of doing things by ourselves or wondering why God hasn't helped us rather than drawing on our friendship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Give Liam a big clap tonight. Now, simple illustration, but the, the word parakletos, which is the, the description Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, as I said, means the one who you call in to help when you don't know what to do. The key word there is call. Um, I might have told this story. I forget how many stories I tell where. So um, when Nicole and I were first married, we lived in Baronia, and then we bought an old weatherboard house with a garden that was really overgrown. And uh, one Saturday, and Nicole said, look, there's just a bunch of trees that are kind of taking up space. They're ugly, and they're blocking views from the window. So she gave me a list of trees she wanted removed. So out I went with my gloves and my crowbar and my, um, my shovel. And so I was out there uh, digging trees. It's amazing how little trees sometimes have huge roots. So I, let's just say halfway through the day, I wasn't doing very well. You know, I got a few out, but man, it was frustrating, you know. So anyway, heading into early afternoon and, and, and my mate dropped around, John. And uh, he just happened to pop in, was in the neighborhood, pulls in. He goes, what are you doing? I said, trying to get all these trees out, you know. But, but like, it's really difficult. You know, I've got blisters and we're not getting very far. And he says, hey, let me help. So he happened to have 
driven in a four-wheel drive. So he backs up, and there's this tree I've been working on for a while, and so he puts a rope on his uh, tow bar, wraps it around the tree, revs his engine, pops out just like that. I said, fantastic. And so we started popping trees out left and right. I mean, we were taking trees out that weren't even on the list, you know. (laughs) It's like, this is easy, you know. And so thank God for my friend John. Anyway, so we're getting late to the afternoon. There's still a couple where we get to. There was one right at the front of the house, and it was really, really tight. Kind of roots dug in. And so John's over there, and he's revving it, and he's skidding his wheels. And then suddenly it came out. It ricocheted across across the front yard, and we had a a tap, a faucet for the Americans, in the front, and the tree hit the tap, bent it over, and we've got a geyser in the front yard. (laughs) A geyser, and water everywhere, and I'm kind of standing so Nicole doesn't see, looking out the window. We're in trouble. Like, we're in trouble. Who are you going to (laughs) call? She got, got... Got to talk to Pastor Rob about the theological training around here. <laughs> Who are you going to call? D- don't jump ahead of me. Who are you going to call? The plumber. So I get on the phone. Adrian. My friend Adrian's a plumber. Adrian, help. Anyway, about 10 minutes, seemed like an eternity. 10 minutes later, Adrian rocks up. And you know what? He's so relaxed. Plumbers love water. <laughs> and you know, in a couple of minutes, chick, 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 it's all fixed. So, see, plumbers have all the tools, all the knowledge, all the experience to help me in a situation where I don't know what to do. Now, here's the point. If I hadn't called Adrian, I'd still be there dripping in water. I had to call him. Say, Adrian, would you help me? (laughs) Now, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not just a good plumber. The Holy Spirit's good at everything. There's not one situation you will ever find yourself in that the Holy Spirit isn't relaxed. Knows what to do, has all the tools, has all the knowledge, has all the experience to help you when you don't know what to do. But guess what? You got a call. <laughs> you got a call. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Yeah. Liam didn't interrupt me, didn't bother me. And, and sometimes we just kind of try to fix it up ourselves. We've got to call. And that's what this whole idea of fellowship with the Holy Spirit is, is learning to call. I'm driving out to Berwick today. I've given this seminar many times before, and I'm just talking to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me today. You know who's going to be in the room And uh, I got some stuff prepared, but would you just use me today to encourage these ministers? I I talk like that to the Holy Spirit all the time. Uh, Now, just theologically, some people kind of stress and go, aren't you supposed to kind of talk to the Father in Jesus' name through the Spirit? In fact, many years ago, we had some American evangelists come to our church and gave a message. And the whole message was, was on, we shouldn't be praying to Jesus. You've got to pray to the Father in Jesus' name with the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, it kind of freaked everybody out. In fact, I still remember driving home that night. Our kids were in Sunday school then. And as normal, the kids go, all right, so what happened in big church, Dad? And so I kind of gave the little summary of the message, how, well, the pastor was talking about, you know, we should pray to the Father in Jesus' name through the Spirit. Our second son, Ashley, our clown, but very smart. He goes, Dad, what do you mean? I've been talking to Jesus all my life. You mean he hasn't been listening? 
Like he was really stressed. Then he started talking about the football or something like that. You know. <laughs> Technically, yes, we come to the Father in Jesus' name through the Spirit. But if we want to have a relationship with God and fellowship with God, then it's okay to talk to Father, Son, and Spirit. The book of Revelation says, even so, come, Lord Jesus. You can talk to Jesus. Uh, the Bible says, come, Holy Spirit. And so, you know, don't get caught up in the technicality of, you know, am I doing the right procedure? <laughs> um, I just believe there's a Father and there's a Son, and they sent the Holy Spirit, and He lives in my home. And I want to stop ignoring Him. And I want to start doing life together with Him. He's my friend. He's my helper. And so I just talk to the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you today for your Spirit. Jesus, you're here through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me tonight. Use my words. Speak to each person. Uh, you know, your life will go to a totally different dimension if you can just realize you've got a friend, the Holy Spirit. You don't need to do life on your own. But you've you got, got to get on the phone. <laughs> you've got to call, not Ghostbusters. <laughs> call the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. What a difference that makes in our life. And so the Christian life is a life where daily we partner with the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we do so, it's amazing how um, God intervenes in our world. Read the, you know, we, we read the book of Acts. We call it the Acts of the Apostles. How many know it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit done through the Apostles? <laughs> Philip's in his chariot. Holy Spirit says, hey, go, go join that chariot over there. You'll see it's, it's people learning to do life with their friend, the Holy Spirit. So simple message tonight. Uh, God loves each one of you. And I pray that you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord. I pray you come to know a deep love of Father God for you, regardless of your performance, just because you're his child. He'll never, never stop loving you. And I pray that you will start to develop a closer and more intimate relationship with the person, not the force, the person of the Holy Spirit. And just like Liam, he's with you all the time. You know, um, doesn't live here. You know, sometimes we go, isn't it good to be in God's presence? Kind of like God lives here and hopefully we'll come and visit him next week. You know, when you go tonight, Holy Spirit's going with you. Work tomorrow. You know, sometimes we get a bit of a dualistic view of the world. Um, it's influenced by Greek thinking. You know, Greek thinking is very compartmentalized. We kind of have our box for God. Tick that off, church. Uh, our, our box for work, our box for family and faith and recreation. And life's about kind of ticking all the boxes. <laughs> uh, now, the, the Hebrew worldview is life is a circle and God's at the center and everything is sacred. You ever hear someone say, I've got a secular job? What do you mean? God's not interested in your work? No, no. There's no such thing as a secular job. All of life is sacred. Paul says, whatever you do. How many know whatever is a big word? Whatever you do. You're a nurse. You're a politician. You're an administrator. You're an accountant. Favorite time of year. End of financial year. You know, you're an athlete. You're a pilot. Whatever you do. Do all in the name of representing in the presence of God. And so I want to encourage you as you go out this week, fellowship, partner with your friend, the Holy Spirit. Everyone said amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.